This is Brian Croft. Welcome to another edition of Trench Talk, the podcast of Practical Shepherding. And I'm joined in studio once again with Jim Sebastio. Jim, thanks for being here. Always happy to be here, Brian. So we are going to continue a discussion we started on the last podcast and kind of just take it a little bit further in regard to deacons and, and even how pastors and deacons relate. Before we do that, just a couple of things that I want to ask you to do for us. This ministry has been helpful to you. Would you go to the homepage, practicalshepherding.com, click on the donate button there, and give financially to help the ministry. We've got all kinds of exciting things happening the first of the year that are developing, but we need to see what kind of funds we have at the end of the year to be able to know what we can and can't do. So if you've been helped, please do that. We would appreciate that. Also, if uh, this podcast has been helpful to you, would you go to iTunes and write a review for us? It helps us just grow in what we're doing and know that we're being uh, helpful to, to many of you. And thank you for those who contact us and write us about that as well. And you can continue to do that. If you have questions you want to ask, just go to the contact page of the website, and we will try to tackle your questions as you send them in. Last thing I want to ask before we dig into the topic is if this podcast is helpful to you, it might be helpful to somebody else. So would you take the podcast link and link it to your social media page or Twitter, Facebook, whatever you are in, and recommend it to others? That would be helpful to spread the word and what we're, what we're doing here. And Jim, we want to continue the conversation that we had this last time. We, the last episode, we talked about the office of pastor, or excuse me, office of deacon and the role and, and the, that particular office and how it's distinct from the pastor. But what we want to do in this episode is we want to, we want to draw a distinction between pastor and deacon, and then how do they work together? Because we want to acknowledge clearly in the, in the New Testament, the two offices of the New Testament in the midst of all different titles and roles and things we make about in, ch- in local church life, there are pastors and deacons, and those are the two offices. So Jim, will you set us up a, a, a bit differently? But obviously, it's a lot of the same text. But how do we want to biblically understand there's distinctions between pastors and deacons and how they work together, how they relate to one another? Yeah, so we saw last time, Brian, in the in the creation of the diaconate, it, it was done in a context where those in, in a position of spiritual leadership were being distracted by practical demands. I mean, very, very practical demands, including the distribution of daily food. And under the end that the spiritual leadership might be able to participate in their primary role of prayer and the ministry of the word, taking care of the flock. Uh, Deacons were established to ensure that the bodily needs of of God's people were being taken care of so that uh, because benevolence is an important part of the effect of the gospel, God is a giving God, God is a charitable God, God cares about the body, God knows the things we need. And God is ensuring that, that through his body, through the church, that physical needs as well as spiritual needs are taken care of. There is a prioritization of spiritual need in the scriptures, but there is not the neglect of bodily needs. And that's, that's a very interesting, I don't know, symbiotic relationship that the two have. It's sure. not antagonistic yep. toward one another. That's right. It's not parasitic. It's not one at the expense of the other. It's it's not a warfare. It's not a struggle. It's a beautiful design, actually, yeah. that God has. And so part of the question we want to try to deal with today is how do pastors and deacons, or a pastor and deacons, function together? How do they relate to one another? How do they communicate with each other? How often do they meet together? Uh, how do they, uh, where there's overlap? Uh, so for instance, it might be as you're taking care of somebody in regard to a spiritual matter. You're, you're meeting with them and you're talking to them and, and you find out uh, perhaps as you're 
talking about somebody's life with the Lord, that they're unusually distracted lately because there are medical bills that need to be taken care of. And you realize this might be legitimate for the church to take care of. Do you do you communicate that or vice versa? The um, the deacons are dealing with uh, an issue uh, with somebody in regard maybe to their car, and as they're doing that, they they realize that there's a marital issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, how do you then w- work those things out together? How right. do you communicate those things so that you're not overstepping your bounds on either side. You're, you're both are aware of these matters, but you recognize, you know what, that's a matter for the deacons yep. and the deacons recognize that's a matter for the elders. Yeah. You, you know what, you, you know what lane you're in and you yeah, try to stay right. in so how do you, for the benefit of the church. Exactly. Yep. So again, so we're, we're trying to function together to care for the whole man, for the glory of God and for the good of the flock. That's our, that's our big picture design. So how practically, do we work that out? And, and, you know, we talked about staying in lanes, but where is there perhaps some appropriate overlap, particularly in the early years, maybe you're, you're, you're a sole elder and, you know, how, how do you work together with your deacons? How do they work with you? How do they care for you? Hmm. And as well as how do you instruct them? So even, even Brian, there may be another interesting thing. You know, one of the things a deacon is probably going to be involved in is the budget. Yeah. Uh, how do they get in, to knowledge of what's appropriate to pay a pastor, uh, that the pastor's being t- that the pastor himself is being taken care of physically, yep. that he has enough money that you know, uh, like you, Brian, you just got a hole in your roof, uh, <laughs> and uh, you if, had to if, bring if, that up. If Thank somebody you. in our church got had a hole in the roof, I, I'd probably want you know to let the deacons know about that to say, hey, uh, saw on social media a branch sticking through your daughter's you know bedroom, <laughs> three feet above my three daughter's feet bed, above your yeah. daughter's bed, and to say, is there something we can do? Uh, to help you with that, because you know you're a guy in the church too, and you have needs, and the church is particularly invested, yeah, in meeting your needs. So uh, some of those things, let's well, try to let's talk through that and well, work some of these things out. I first want to say that that my deacons were not my first call; it was my insurance company it was my sure, first call, of course. But yeah, to your point, it, it is made. And but did any of you? I, I don't want to throw anybody under the bus. Cure anybody? Call you or ask about making sure you're taken care <laughs> yes, of? Yes, when regard? my wife posted the picture that this limb hanging from our roof. Over my daughter's bed, we got plenty of uh, people. This is who why you. Out. This is why you should follow Brian on social media. You never <laughs> know. Never, a lot of it's, it's coffee al- pictures, but sometimes it is it's not more always dramatic. that exciting. I can assure you. So, I think the first thing to to address with this before we even get into the details of that is to acknowledge if you're listening to this, you you have to consider your own church situation and just accept what you have. Right. And work with what you have. Right. That's the first thing I want to mention in this because what I deal with a lot of pastors who read the Bible, they see the clear design of offices of pastors and deacons, plurality of both. Right. And they walk into their church and their church is not like that at all. Right. And they and I want to say if you are a pastor and you're easily frustrated by that, that will make you move too quickly on trying right. to change this. And I see this all the time. So let me first just acknowledge that God knows what you have. Uh, he, it's not your fault. It's that way. Just realize that's what you have to work with and go in and be patient and try to work with it. So on that note, then you want to try to work eventually through years of moving to a place where pastors and deacons aren't pitting things against each other. They're not right. in competition. They're actually supposed to be leading the pack of the whole church arm in arm, knowing what their lane is and doing that. So right. let's, yeah, let's hash that out. I think the one thing, to, the one thing that I find helpful 
is first Peter first Peter five talks about the pastor's role as being a shepherd of the flock. Mm-hmm. He exercises oversight. And deacons are the ones that are to carry out much of the physical needs and burdens of the church. So that alone tells me that pastors are to lead, pastors that have oversight. The deacons right. answer to the pastors. Mm-hmm. In a sense, the deacon the pastors inform the, the deacons of a lot of what kind of work they're supposed to be doing, and then the deacons go out and find it. But the right. pastors still have to have oversight. And I say that because uh, that's how they work together. Somebody's got to be an authority. This is not an, a joint. There's authority linked to the office of pastor. You see it in First Peter 5. That's not given to the deacon. That's the first thing to establish uh, when you're trying to figure right, out roles. I agree. But also, Brian, you want to, I think, bring the diaconate to the point of where they are good managers. And so a good manager doesn't have to always call the boss and say, hey, is this okay or that okay? That's right. He's well-informed enough. He's savvy enough. uh, Again, full of wisdom and the Holy Spirit. Mm. So there is that that wisdom, which is taking biblical truth and practically understanding how to work it out. And, and so that just like a you know a good manager, the the owner of the company is able to go away and and trust that these things are going to be that the deacons are going to see it and respond. And they, so they don't have to come to us with every dollar. Hey, we help so and so with their car. We now that's right. Now we meet together. I will say is uh, the elders and deacons plan to meet together once a month. Uh, and so Sunday night after Sunday evening service, the elders and deacons meet anywhere from an hour to sometimes close to two hours. And we kind of go through those areas of overlap, areas you know where, the, where we can inform the deacons of things that have come out and our interactions with the flock, and then areas where they think the elders, as the leaders of the church, ought to know what's going on. And, and so... Uh, we mutually deal with budgetary issues, although that's primarily their responsibility. They have been trained enough to know these are the priorities of the church, uh, but we'll go through things. So I might get contacted. Uh, there's a missions issue. There's a church in Zambia. We're involved in Zambia. We're aware of a church in Zambia that needs $5,000 to complete a building project or an orphan care. Right. We'll talk about that. That's a mutual, that's a mutual decision. Yeah. Uh, that will come to where are we at budgetarily? Can we do that? But we try to get together to inform one another of of those areas again of uh, where there's uh, either overlap or where we're aware of something that it, this is a diaconal responsibility. We need to inform them, or where they believe the elders need to be brought in. Yeah. Uh, and and sometimes I'm going to touch on a touchy issue here. Uh, I don't know what people in the church give but the deacons do. And they may occasionally say, you know what? So-and-so has been a member here for five years. Uh, they've never given a dime to the church. Mm. And is that an issue? Is that a, is that a pastoral issue? Is that a spiritual issue? Is that something that ought to wisely at some point be addressed? Like, wh- why is that the case? Jim, um, I'll tell you what that is. That is a loaded podcast episode okay. in the future i think but okay yeah, that yeah, is, but, yeah. but that's a question so they'll mean because the deacons will see that that's as a great a, example as, as a spiritual issue it is a great example yeah uh because and I, and I think it is tied into the spiritual life too. of somebody and so you say okay i wouldn't have known that so they inform me uh, yeah. of that so i think that that's really helpful and we we approach it a little differently but the same spirit of it i think what you're doing is actually great that's probably an incredibly productive meeting every time we get everybody together like that 
So what we do is the our pastors and deacons meet at the same time, but separately. Okay. Because it's just the best time because we have a sure. lot of people, most people who aren't, who are all laymen serving the church in that way. Then I meet separately with our chairman of the deacons that leads the deacons okay. meeting. And we accomplish a lot of the same thing you're talking about. So there's different ways to do this to a, so, accomplish the same Brian, thing. Brian, can I ask? I, I don't know if I should assume that. Are you the, are you the chairman of the eldership? There's not a chairman of the eldership. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, but uh, that chairman of the deacon role is, is, is one that's kind of always existed in the church. So that he acts as a liaison. Yeah. And is it primarily he communicating with you, or are you also communicating with him? And if you do that, so it's, what goes into those two categories? What do they communicate to you? What do you communicate to them? It's both. So... He he. The chairman of the deacons comes to me and says, "Here's what we're meeting on. Here's what the needs are. We want to let you know just what's going on." And I kind of represent the pastoral side and come to him and say, "Okay, here's what we'd like you all to be thinking about, engaging with." If he has questions of, "Hey, uh, we know our budget's this, but this broke in the building. Do you want? Should we still try to do this, even though it's gonna we're gonna be two two thousand over budget?" That's right. and so so he respects that those are more oversight issues in okay. the church. And we've just learned through the years, as you've experienced, though, it's a really beautiful thing to have a, a chairman of the deacons and just deacons in general who understand their role. And and we work together as pastors and deacons. And so because I have a man in that position that does that so well, his name's Derek yeah. Cheatham. He's been with me almost the entire time. He, he represents, he's been at the church almost as long as I have. He's certainly been a deacon almost as long as, as I've been here. Yeah. And he took this role over. So he played a major part in us transitioning in this church from that typical SBC model of deacons being pseudo-elders to him leading the deacons in, a, in another direction, in a more biblical direction. So I, I trust him incredibly, and he also understands this dynamic. Honestly, if I didn't have him... Who, who he understood his his role and what the deacon's role, and he can lead those deacons in that way, I'd probably be in that meeting more. I used to be in the meeting. One of the reasons okay. I'm not anymore is because he's able to do that so well. So, yeah. what, so one of the things that... So we could we should hash out all kinds of, of issues, but I think the, the main thing to hear about this is that deacons and, and pastors, elders have their own roles there to play. There's going to be overlap. Uh, one example I want to give an overlap is in the care of widows. Right. So absolutely, pastors better still be going. They do not farm out the care of all the care and the visitation of widows to the deacons. Right. Do not do that. It's There's, not just making sure that their physical needs are exactly. met. Exactly. So what I have, the way I've described it is, if a deacon goes to a widow's house, he goes to fix her sink or move stuff for her or bring her food or whatever it is, those physical needs. If that deacon does not ask her how she's spiritually doing and pray with her before he leaves, a deacon has failed in his visit that he's done. Mm. And reverse side of that, I say if a pastor goes to count, do counsel and care and spiritual care and nurturing for a widow, but doesn't offer to move the heavy table before he leaves, right. he's failed too. Sure. So right, there's right. overlap, but, there, but pastors and deacons understand their primary role in that. So... Brian, uh, in, in a perhaps more in a revitalization role, or even in a church plant, uh, you might have a situation where. Let me back up and say we're we're talking from a context, or you, you mentioned plurality of eldership and plurality of deacons. That, that's 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 more common now. Uh, it's more commonly understood understood twenty twenty five thirty years ago when I was doing church planting. That this was not going on, right. you know. So right. it, was, it was not assumed that people even knew what eldership was. 
it's a less scary word now, and 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 more and more um, Baptists are and, bringing that into church it's life. A, it's a pastor. It, That's why we use that interchangeably. Right. An elder pastor is the same right. thing. So well, not everybody, you know, who's hearing this. Some of these men, we're assuming a lot of guys. I, I think our our ministry is primarily toward smaller churches, uh, mega church pastors. You're allowed to listen to this, but smaller pastors and 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 generally guys that are in their first few years of ministry is kind of where practical shepherding is is meeting a need uh and so it might be that you're a soul elder but maybe you have deacons uh how do you, do you go about trying to build a um a relationship where you and because you don't have fellow elders you don't have maybe people you can share some of your burden with with the recognition that there are these lanes of authority and there are clear demarcations of duty, yet nonetheless you recognize that if they're biblically qualified, these are godly men, again, men full of wisdom, full of the Holy Spirit, Acts 6, that maybe you can share some things with. And um, Because I, I, I shared in, in before you know, we started that I went through about a four-year period, I think it was, four or five years, I can't remember exactly, where I was a sole elder, yeah. uh, uh, my fellow elder had stepped down, and, right. and and so I was by myself for several years. I had two deacons that took it upon themselves to try to care for me, and uh, and that's primarily what they were doing. Is is they weren't trying to you know take over the church or rule anything, but they were they were ensuring that I had somebody I could talk to, unload to. Uh, and I did discuss certain things with them as I, I felt was yeah. appropriate. Right, and and right. then we got two more elders, and then I had to deal with you know then then that brought about a change in that relationship because right. now we weren't there wasn't the necessity of meeting together on that same, uh, and and we had to you know kind of sort that out relationally and 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 what that meant for their role in right, the church right. now because it that took on a different dynamic. But I appreciated that love and care that they. Uh, showed for me. So yeah. one of the things we talked about earlier, Brian, is that you know deacons do care for the pastor. They want to ensure the pastor can do his his work as well as that he's taken care of. Uh, I think that that is, and we talked about that in, in one of our previous podcasts about how do you go about setting a salary for a pastor and what's the role of the deacon in that. And sometimes a deacon needs to be instructed with that. Um, because maybe he doesn't have an eye, you know, he's reached a certain place in his own life and, and looks at what you do. And, and sometimes, you know, th- there is a bit of a despising about what a pastor does. Well, you know, you only work one day a week or, you know, whatever it is. Hmm. And should you get, you know, how do you value and prize? Well, hopefully in a really well-functioning diaconate and eldership, the deacons recognize the burdens a pastor carries. They recognize Really, in essence, these are guys that are working 24-7, 52 weeks out of the year, in a sense. They're never really fully unburdened of that role, and they have a better idea. And so they do want to take care of a man uh, physically, but then also understand that if there are things on, on, on that pastor's plate that they could be taking and burdens they could be sharing, there's some communication that allows that to happen. There's a mutual transparency that allows that to take place. I think the key with this is, in in the spirit of what you're saying, is this, and that's if you're a pastor listening to this, your structure at your church is far from what you want it to be. The men who serve in these different roles is far from what you want it to be. You want the functionality of these roles. If you don't have the title of it, you don't have the structure of it in the bylaws, then 
you don't want the functionality. Look for men that Jim just described, even if they're not called deacons. But if they're men who are spiritually mature, full of faith and full of the Holy Spirit, who want to care for you and want to be involved in the life yeah. of the church, involve them in that. Exactly. And, and and don't worry about the title. Right. Somebody doesn't need a title to care about exactly. you. Exactly. And that's the thing is, I, I think that's what... That's what guys coming out of, of seminary who re- you read a bunch of Nine Marks books get wrapped up in, which, by the way, we love Nine Marks, but, but that's, the, that's the mentality. It's like, I, gotta have, I gotta have to call these guys elders, or, or I have to call the, the, them, these, these guys deacons. Because, and my encouragement to you is the functionality of these roles is what you go after in the absence of the church being ready to change its bylaws and its entire structure by name. And so I want to encourage you to seek the functionality. You can do that from day one in the church. Brian, one thing maybe real quickly to deal with, and I, I don't know if we touched on it in the in the previous one, uh, is that you, you, you make a statement. I've seen you do it. Uh, how do you identify an elder? It's somebody who's doing the work in the church without the title, something like that. Yeah, that's right. And isn't that also true of a deacon that, I mean, so how totally. do you know this guy should be a deacon? Well, who's the guy who is naturally serving who's the guy who is he is over at the widow's house yeah that's right um he is talking to people after church his ears and his heart are open he makes needs known or he's over there he's not campaigning this isn't you know a secret thing that he's going about just so he can puff himself up but you start realizing oh brother so-and-so is oh he was over there again or when somebody had a need they they went to that brother to ask for help just as they do when you recognize somebody ought to be an elder, you know, that sheep recognize shepherds, shepherds have hearts for, for sheep, and nobody had to give them that title. It's just a, that's a guy over there. He's pouring out his heart. People open themselves to him, and you start to realize this is probably going to be an elder in the church. And just as you also recognize, here, yeah, here's a guy who has his eyes and his heart attuned to make sure people are cared for in this way. Uh, and then we, so he's already functional. Let him first be tested. He's being tested in that way, uh, and then brought on board and trained in these ways we've been talking about. That's right. So I, I think the final word on this for me would be that you look for those men who serve, who want to serve in these ways, and bring them into it. And then you will know who your pastors and deacons are based on the work they're doing and, and the fruit that comes out of that of their ministry. So. Uh, Jim, can we pray for pastors who are trying to not just sort through the different roles and understanding, can we also pray that they would um, be content with what they have Mm. to work with and that they would have wisdom in doing that? Would you pray as we close this up that way? Uh, Father in heaven, we thank you that you know us all together. You know, every brother listening to this, you know his circumstance and situation, and, and, and we believe you have ordained that circumstance and situation. And so, Father, we pray that you would grant to our brothers that the difficult spiritual discipline of waiting upon you uh, with hope and with confidence that as they are committed to teaching and preaching your word uh, and to bringing about uh, a conformity to your word, that that's what you desire and that you will bless it in your time. So aid them unto that end, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.